Hello everyone and welcome to a specially extended edition of Beyond the INC. The podcast that has solemnly sworn to refrain from telling jokes that have a punchline containing the word pianist. Before we get to the show today, we'd just like to make a short statement. Now, in the wake of the fallout from the band's appearance on Francis Star Academy show, we've taken a joint decision to show fellowship with the band at this time. We just want to show that we stand right behind the band and that they have our full support. So, as a, a show of solidarity in kind, we've decided to follow suit and to allow an amateur wannabe podcaster to join the pair of us to read this week's news. It seemed like the right thing to do, really, didn't it? So, um, yeah, coming up on with this week's show... We have the actual news of the actual dates for the actual Latin American tour. And we'll be speaking to a special guest who will be telling us just how much he loves the podcast. We'll be offering you a unique insight into the life of an international Playboy songwriter. And I'll do my best to help out where I can. Well, we didn't mean you, but go on then. So that's all coming up on today's edition of Beyond the INC. Beyond the INC. But before all that, let's start with a quick recap of this week's news. After playing those three dates in Los Angeles and generally doing their best to remind Americans that they're still alive, Keen are now finishing up their last engagements for 2008. And today they'll be off to Spain. They're over there to perform on the Premios Cuarenta Principales Awards show in front of millions of viewers and a crowd of nearly 15,000 people. Then, with barely time to catch breath, they'll be flying back to the UK. As we previously reported, they'll be playing two shows in London and Glasgow in a joint celebration of the birth of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and the excellent service offered by commercial radio stations. If you've won tickets for those gigs, you should be hearing about it round about now. You can pause this and check your emails if you like. We can wait. You know, we've got company and we can make small talk. You done? You done? You checked? You won? Congratulations! You didn't win? Unlucky. Moving on then, the dates of the Latin American tour have been formally announced. They're slightly different to those which we discussed last week, much to our delight, and they're all up on the official site now. Now, the, the tour is earlier than we'd previously heard, and will now take place before the big Radiohead and Coldplay dates. It starts in Guadalajara in Mexico on February the 25th, and ends in Rio in Brazil on March the 13th. Ticket details are beginning to emerge, so keep checking the official site. As we said, slightly different to the dates we discussed last time. Little bit of variance. Um, sort of roughly the same time, but I think this is um, this is good for everyone. Um, South America gets keen earlier than they thought, which is great for them. Yep. Um, it's not going to clash with the other big shows that are happening in March. Excellent. Um, which was a worry that we pointed out last time. And they're visiting more places than we actually said they were going to last time. Uh, some, uh, some good places in there. Yeah, lots of good places. Sadly, there's no Peru date in there, though. But more on that later. And that is this week's very short roundup of the news. So, as as we alluded to before, we do have a special guest um, who's come along to uh, the squat tonight. Um, you can see why we call it the squat, can't you? Uh, not at all. It's like a palace. It's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I can describe see your surroundings. You know, the marble on the floor. The um, yeah, there's the sound of trickling water in the distance from the um, from the huge fountain in the vestibule. That's actually um, Chris's commode. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's a it's a smallish room with quite a lot of musical equipment in it and a TV and a big keen poster. Nice to see and um, some some boxes <laughs> and and three devilishly handsome young men. 
Well, um, thank you for joining us. If you haven't guessed already, we've been joined by Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, how are you guys? This is very radio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, we're very pro, aren't we? We are indeed. Is this the first time you've been in the fans' bedroom? <laughs> I think it probably is, actually, yeah. Well, my, my wife is a fan, but let's not go there. Just seven days ago, in this very room, we were actually sat here watching you um, in California on the, the web feed. Oh, right, the, yeah. The Morning Becomes Eclectic yep. um, session. Um, how, how was Los Angeles? It was great, great. I mean, it, you know, to be honest, I could have stayed out there and probably until the end of the English winter. You know, it's just lovely being out there with the sun shining and um, just sort of strolling around in a T-shirt in the middle of December. It's wicked. I mean, and the gigs were great and the, you know... Uh, KCRW is brilliant, um, if, if a little chaotic, and um, and uh, the, you know the TV stuff was great. It was brilliant, actually, really good. Do you feel that you suffer from seasonal affective disorder, having come back from sunny Los Angeles to wintry England? Um, I prefer the sunshine, to be honest. I think um, I don't mind a bit of cold and a bit of winteriness, but you know, I, I quite like. I could always get quite depressed when you realise it's getting dark at about half past three or something. Come back and write lots of stuff in minor chords, you know, mopey songs. Exactly, yeah. The saddest of all keys. All in D minor, yeah. Exactly. So, um, has it been a sad year for you then, or...? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, no, it's been a great year. It's been a great year. I mean, um, I'd say, you know, probably the, the best in the history of Keane, really. It's, you know, well, as, as we've said many times, we've had a fantastic time making the record, and, um, you know, now we're just kind of... Doing our thing and in you know in, enjoying playing live, especially um, you know the the gigs have been particularly good, and I feel like the the songs from Perfect Symmetry have been have translated to to the live show kind of probably better than any of the songs from the previous two albums, if that makes sense. Would you say that this is a hundred percent down to Jesse Quinn? <laughs> Undoubtedly, yeah. Basically, we the, the injection of sort of. Good looks and um, actual musical skill have been uh, uh, an unbeatable combination. So, I mean, you wouldn't say that he was too short to, to be a full-time member, then? I, I would say he's far too short, but um, no one else seems to agree with me, so you just got to go with the flow, I guess. Is, is Jesse going to become uh, the full-time fourth member? I, don't, I really don't know the answer to that question. What, what's the bar? Um... <laughs> Politics. <laughs> well... Um, it's complicated, I suppose. I mean, you know, it's a we've the three of us have known each other thirty years, um, and you know, I suppose, you know, we've we've learned a lot about each other and and you know the way we you know about our friendships and our way we work together and so on. Um, you know, over the last three or four or five years or whatever it is, and. Um, you know, I, I think for everyone, probably including Jesse, it's good to just take your time. And you know, it, it's one thing kind of hanging out and recording a record and basically having a great time um, in some you know fabulous cities making music. But when, being on tour for eighteen months and sort of being in each other's hair all the time, you, you know, whether Jesse will still um, be able to put up with us in, in a year's time remains to be seen. It's so much like the girlfriend versus marriage argument. It's scary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, as far as as far as Keen are concerned, um, spontaneity's sort of really come into what you do a lot more. Mm. Um, why? Um, I think we're just slowly losing our fear of of failure. I think um, 
you know, we, we've always been a band that's incredibly lacking in confidence. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I can't even begin to psychoanalyze that really. Uh, I think it, you know, well, I won't begin to try and psychoanalyze it, <laughs> but I, th- I think we are, you know, it defines a lot of what we do. And in many ways, I think that's a really good thing because it means that we're not, we, n- we never really rest on our laurels and we, you know, we always feel that we can do better than what we're doing musically. Um, but, you know, it also uh, can can occasionally, you know, the, the flip side of that is it can make you afraid of doing something, uh, you know, going into the unknown. And I think, uh, you know, when you're... It's, it's We've really had a great time in the studio, you know, really doing things that are new for us. Um, but when you're doing, you know, being on stage and doing that is kind of the next step. Uh, so um, I don't know. We're, we're just slowly kind of um, getting better at, um, you know, just not worrying about looking like idiots, basically, um, on stage, especially. And um, the gig we did at Largo the other day, I don't know if, I don't, anyway, we recorded it and filmed it. And um, beyond that, I don't know if, I don't think you guys would have seen any of that, but it was a really. Um, really magical experience because it was really just pulled together um ever last minute um and uh it was it was utterly chaotic but i think it was much more fun because of that so uh, yeah you know we're, we're we're kind of slow learners in that respect but we're um we're, we're getting there yeah i mean I, I definitely think that sometimes the gigs where things go wrong or you can see you know that it's sort of much more real and not just sort of you know, completely scripted. Mm, yeah. so they're the most fun gigs, and the most memorable, certainly for me, because every gig's unique. Um, something that really, um, although I'm going to say it really sticks in the memory, although I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> no, basically, it's, it's a story that Chris has told me, and it's the the Yulu gig in 2004. It's a great sort mm-hmm. of coming oh, coming out party. Um, <laughs> um, it you know it was right at the end of that first UK tour after Butte signed to Island, I think. Um, when somewhere only we know had gone in, oh right, in the yeah, charts. yeah, yeah, um, and came around to playing bed shaped, and the, um, the piano broke. Mm. And th- again, this is based solely on anecdotal um, evidence, um, but there was you know absolute chaos on stage. And um, I think Richard suggested um, borrowing the guitars from who was supporting Grand Transmitter. Grand Transmitter, excellent memory. Very good. Um, borrowing the guitars, and there was lots of shaking of heads, and eventually walked off stage with everyone. I think, you know, the whole of the press from London had come <laughs> to see you, and instead of playing bed shaped or uh, improvising on guitars, you just sort of sheepishly went off stage, and that was it. Do you yeah. think? Do you think if that happened now, you'd try and improvise it on guitar, or would you? Would you go off stage? No, we'd we'd um, we'd definitely try and improvise it. Um, I think. I mean, you know, it's like I say, it's a, it's a slow learning process. But um, you know, I think every if you can stick around for long enough, I think every band learns these things one way or the other. Um, you know, I do think we've been slow learners, but I'm glad that we're, you know, we are, are actually learning rather than just being sort of stuck in a rut like like so many bands. But I think you know, one thing for me now is that I I always. You know, and I've said this to the other guys that I think if the worst came to the worst, you could basically just send Tom out into the room, and you know, and as we've seen with um, the Largo gig and the Union Chapel gig, you know, even just him and an acoustic guitar, he sounds amazing. He, you know, he doesn't really need the rest of us, and there's not many people you can say that about. And I, it, you know, for us, I think that's a great. Um, 
fullback position to have. And I and I actually think, I, you know, even at the time, I could, I could remember the sort of awkwardness of that situation. You know, I was there was part of me thinking, you know, I wonder if Tom could just go out and sing the song and everyone would sing along with him because they would sing along with him. Mm. But you just got to have the confidence to do that. Um, and when you're starting out, you don't. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, now we know that, you know, our fans are so sort of um, passionate and positive that, you know, it's not like they're going to go out there and leave you in silence like a fool. You know, people are, people would sing along and make it, it would be, become this great moment. But, you know, you, you live and learn. Would you say that buying pornography is a rite of passage for Keen? Because uh, both you and Richard have told us stories about buying porn magazines. Really? Um, uh, <laughs> probably. I, th- I would think it was a rite of passage for everyone, really. Or well, certainly everyone male, but, um, you know, that may just... Uh, you know, I mean, I, do you know what? I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've never successfully actually bought pornography. Um, so maybe, it, maybe like, the trying to and, and failing is um, is what makes the kind of slightly um, melancholy s- small town mentality that goes into so much British pop music Have you done your Christmas shopping yet Tim? Oh no I'm, I'm terrible, terrible absolutely terrible, I, I bought, what I do right is I'll identify something that I think is a good potential present to buy like a um you know, a DVD or something that I think certain people, or, you know, some people I know would like, and then I'll just buy five copies, and then I know when it comes to Christmas Eve and I'm in a huge panic, I'll just like assign them to to different people. It's re- it's very it's heartwarming, isn't it? You know, really personalised. Are there keen DVDs? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I don't pornography. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I um I suppose what actually what I often do is buy um albums that I really love and just buy multiple copies and decide that, you know, my mission for this Christmas is to spread the word on a particular record that, you know, no one's heard of. So what is your record this year then? Have you thought of one yet? Uh, yeah, um, it was a girl, Suzanne Sunfo, who I think I mentioned in my blog a few months ago, who's a Norwegian girl, she's absolutely brilliant, I think. Um, and as far as I can tell, you can't even buy her CD in this country, so I've ordered a whole lot from some warehouse in Holland a while ago. Okay, let's uh, let's have a little bit of a listen to Suzanne Sunfor. So, uh, do you still find it easy to pick up new um, new artists and try stuff out? I mean, I guess as much as you're travelling, you obviously have a lot of time to, to listen to music on the way, but then mm. you probably have other things to do as well. Yeah, I, I find I spend a ridiculous amount of time um, working, as I as I like to call it. <laughs> it basically means working on music. Um, you know, all the, all the things like, um, oh, I don't know... Doing like this European tour album that we're doing, you know, that that actually involves an, an unbelievable amount of work. You know, listening to every song of every show. Um, for it's example. actually you're the arbiter of what's the best. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, basically, I mean, we 
as you know, we're quite... Um, well, I don't know, we just want it to be good, basically, and I don't think, you know, we consider it to be something that's a creative part, part of our, you know, output or whatever, and um, want it to be good. But um, anyway, you know, those sort of, anyway, that's by the by, all those sorts of things take up a lot of time, but, um, so I don't spend as much time either listening to or making music as I would like, but, um, you know, we do, um, either, we listen to a lot of music together in the dressing room, and also, you know, on planes and so on and uh, actually at home I quite often listen to CDs as I'm going about my business <laughs> cooking that sort of thing <laughs> What's your best dish? Um, I've got a few good ones actually I, I'm a bit of a um, I like cooking uh, <laughs> seafood of any sort I do quite a good um, I do a very good uh, spaghetti carbonara Um and uh, very good, like uh, I'm not being very modest here, am I at all? But um, I've recently learned how to prepare fresh squid, which is quite a messy process. But anyway, I'm quite proud of that. I like learning new things, you know, culinary, musical, or otherwise. How good are you at looking after children? <laughs> um, well, I'm learning. It's it's not easy. I'll say that much. But um, you know, I, th- it's, I think it's one of the funny things you don't realise until you have kids is that everyone is just bluffing, basically, and that's, that's life. <laughs> you just got to muddle through and, and you know, learn as you go along. Oh, we don't have to talk too much about this, but are you enjoying, uh, are you enjoying the experience? Uh, yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, it's kind of tough being away a lot, but um, that's uh, one of the, the few, very few downsides to being in a band, I guess. Should we talk a little bit more about music? We've read in your blog that you've recorded a remix with Kanye West. Um, can you tell us anything about that that we don't already know? Oh, nice. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I I think Tom um, already mentioned somewhere that it was... Uh, we just did a bit of work on You Haven't Told Me Anything. Um, but, you know, I don't know. We literally just turned up. We, we met him a couple of times before and... Just want we found out that we were in town at the same time as in in Paris, and um, just sort of went along and said hello. And we were saying it was quite classic actually because we just said, oh, you know, we wanted to um, ask you if you'd do some work on. You haven't told me anything because you know it's a, it's a song that all of us love, and we were wondering about. You know, it, it, it's a very the version on the album is very kind of understated and it needs a bit more oomph I think was well, how we put it but. yeah I mean I actually love it as it is um, but um, it's when you play it live you realise that you know it is I guess kind of crying out for a more sort of stomping version and um, he uh, we, we just said you know would you be interested in doing a remix or something like that and you know just played it to him and uh you know, and in the sort of classic tradition of studio anecdotes, he sort of picked up the mic and, you know, it's like, get me a mic or whatever, and uh, started doing a, a rap on it. And, you know, we, we, we spent about an hour or so just, um, you know, he was just doing, a, doing a, a, a rap on it and some cool stuff in the chorus. And uh, um, 
and uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with it. I don't know. It, you know, it, um, it still needs a bit of work, and um, we've still got some ideas we want to try on it. But I, you know, I'm sure we will. It will come out at some point. Could you possibly replicate the rap? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. It's worth a try. <laughs> Beyond the This this Star Academy thing, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about this anymore? I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. But how did it come about? Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, all of our promo uh, basically comes about the same way, which is that um, you know the label, record label, will arrange stuff or will. Have arrange opportunities and then put them to us and we'll kind of give them the yes or no um the uh you know that's true of everything from you know jules holland to burn fm um and uh you know the star academy thing would have come through the the french label and i think um you know it was one of those things where we kind of probably didn't give it that much thought at the time um we've done we've done a lot of tv shows in france and um you know without wanting to um be in any way disrespectful of the french media most of them have been pretty damn cheesy um so well not super cheesy but i guess cheesy in the way that CD UK is cheesy, or you know, um, more whatever. sort of more sort of poppy kind of things, rather yeah. than later with Jules Holland. Yeah, of. basically, you know, um, you know, studio audience, whatever. You know, it, basically, it, we sort of thought this one would be the same, and didn't really, um, we didn't really do our our research quite well enough, to be honest. And it turned out to be a lot, a, a much bigger show than I think we um, had anticipated, and. And a little bit more of a, um, <laughs> I guess it was a little bit, a bit more pop and a bit more um, mass media than um, than we would normally w- want to do. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's not. Uh, I, you know, it's if if we had our time again, I don't think we would do it because it wasn't something that we hugely um, enjoyed. But. Uh, you know, it's every, everything we do is is basically a learning experience. I'm sure it won't be the last time we <laughs> find ourselves in a situation that we don't feel um, 100% comfortable in. Having having said all of that, um, uh, Ronan, you know, Ronan, oh yeah, maybe, yeah, 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 um, who <laughs> um, he he was showing um, some data um, from his website and just showing sort of the, the the popularity of his website, which quadrupled the day after you did the show. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. So may, maybe you maybe you found your your market in in France. Well, I mean that's always the that the reason you get offered these things or you know the, whatever the, the record label puts these things in front of you is because they have a good chance of you know well they put you in front of a huge number of people that's all it's always the same equation if you know we've been offered you know everything from turning on the regent street christmas lights to to doing strictly come dancing you know and and you 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 were asked to do strictly come dancing i believe so but you know i mean we and we've been off you know so many weird things over the years you know Adam was telling me about one the other day where we someone wanted to run a competition 
where you know they run competition on the on the radio sort of somehow in association with a keen gig in america and the prize for the competition was a one of those extreme makeovers you know where you get like full-on plastic <laughs> surgery and they were going to present the winner on stage at the beginning of the keen gig somebody who wants to look like tom i i, I don't know i can't imagine you know what there didn't appear to be any link between you know us and this and this whole concept but anyway you know they people Whoever did it obviously thought, you know, this is a cool thing for a band to do. We're going to have some kind of plastic surgery winner on stage at the beginning of their concert, and then they'll go into, you know, somewhere any we know or whatever. And I, I, I mean, it, it, it's it is incredible the things you get offered or asked to do or whatever. And and always the equation. I mean, that's a quite an extreme example, but always the equation is, you know. It's on a sliding scale from extreme cheese and enormous audience to totally kind of cool and indie, but three like people this. watch it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the smallest audience of the year. Yeah, it's just us, isn't it? <laughs> no, of course not. Um, plans for next year. Um, have you even given a moment's thought to festivals next year? Um... We've given a, given a little bit of thought to it. Um, we haven't really decided anything. Um, I think we... One thing we're trying to pull together is to spend more of the... Is to is to do a kind of... Well, we're, we're hoping that we can do a kind of tour of festivals and fill the gaps between festivals with some, some more European gigs because um, we're you know aware that we haven't been to some places that we would very much like to go to um but uh you know so we're just putting that together now already but it's the whole process of booking festivals seems to be quite chaotic as far as i can tell but um you know we'll be busy touring until until the festival season starts basically so we're um considering our options there's basically there's a plan sort of up to the end of next summer and then is that sort of going to be this album rested i don't know i mean i i think it depends how we feel by you know the the middle of the summer or whenever we have to start booking things up for for later in the year i think we would i think we definitely feel like we haven't been to america um as much as we would like for um, you know, for some uh, frustrating reasons, but um, we, I think we would like to try and, if if we still got the energy and and everyone's still feeling good, um, and you know we're not too frustrated by the by not being able to make any new music, I suppose. Um, I think we might want to get back out there later in the year and um, again just try and visit all the places that we haven't been to yet. You know, it's a it's a, incredible how many uh, different countries seem to spawn a huge number of keen fans, basically. And it's quite—we're very aware that we we haven't even been to half of them. I have a—I a, have a good anecdote about this. I—I I went on holiday in October. Uh, I went to Easter Island in wow, the Pacific, nice. and it was absolutely awesome. Um, but one one morning, um, I walked into the. There's one town on the island with about three thousand people in it and I walked into the town 
and there's there's one place where they fix up cars and they're they're working on these sort of three or four cars and they're all they're all sort of enjoying the radio and what should come on <laughs> on the most remote island in the the south pacific what was it? I think it was somewhere only we know, which is, just seems like the most bizarre thing to play in on a, you know in a tropical climate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was That's cool. <laughs> well, it was it was cool and like very 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 disarming, you know, very jarring. Um, but cool. I remember a friend of mine was telling me he went into a bar in um, is it Ulaanbaatar, the, the capital of uh, Outer Mongolia, I believe, and um, and. Uh, you know, which to to my, my mind sort of brings brings to mind that you know that beginning of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where he goes into that bar and it's all snowy and windy and the doors flapping in the gale and uh, and uh, anyway and they were playing some Ronnie Wiener which is, um, was pretty cool. It, it is it is amazing. I mean, we've never been. You know, there are these huge swathes of Southeast Asia that we've never been to. We've only been to Australia once. We've never been to New Zealand. Um, you know, half of South America we've never been to, um, and so on and so forth. You know, it's it's there's there's a a lot to do. I've had lots of emails today saying that you're not going to Peru. Can you tell people from Peru that you love them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do. We, we 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 do we do love the people of Peru immensely. Um, it's uh, touring in South America is is a is a joy in many ways because you know it's a joy because of the fans basically. For me, it's um, it's the the joy is is fractionally diminished by the the necessity to fly everywhere. Um, I think our tour um, that we've just announced is is going to involve something like fifteen flights, which. Um, for me, is, is a living hell. Um, so uh, you know we. we and it, you know it's, it's time consuming as well and we try and actually have a, a limit on the the length of our tours now um just so we don't kind of go too mad um you know just based on um obvious past experiences so uh so yeah you know it's it's always frustrating when we know there are people who would um you know love us to come and play to them because you know um, it's, it's very flattering for us but uh yeah you know we we're very very grateful for the um you know, for the for the love and uh, you know support. Okay, so moving on in a completely seamless way, um, your UK tour has been been announced. But the one thing that hasn't been announced so far is support acts. There's been a few rumours flying around. Um, Lily Allen has an album coming out around the same time. You've been extolling the virtues of Lady Hawk. Um, mm. You know, um, is is there anyone kind of on your radar who you perhaps like to have or? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, uh, I mean, I, I would love Lady Hawk to do it, but um, unfortunately, she's um, has prior commitments. Um, she's doing the uh, Ting Ting tour. In fact, you better cut that because it might not have been announced yet. <laughs> um, yeah, we. Well, I, I guess I can't. We we have. Um, we've just decided on someone we'd like to do it, and we've just asked them. But I don't know if they said yes or no yet. So <laughs> it's probably not a very helpful answer. If we stop recording, will you tell us? And we promise we yeah, won't tell sure, us all. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a good choice, Tim. <laughs> Beyond the so I, I guess that's a good place to wrap up then. Uh, thank you very much, Tim, for coming along. It's an absolute pleasure and an honour to be here. Um, any uh, 
Is this still on? Um, <laughs> this hasn't been the best show. <laughs> the content's been great, but I mean... It's know. the best one I've been on. Yeah, that's something. Um, sadly, not the best one we've been on. Um, if only they could just get rid of the weak links. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, thank, thanks a lot for coming along. Any time uh, you want to come back, um, the bedroom is always open. It's not even mine. Um, so Chris's bedroom is always open to me? Yes. It's, what an offer it was ever so <laughs> excellent well you know it's it's been an absolute pleasure and I, I think it's you know it, it's a fantastic podcast and um, you know it's it's been really fun thank you very much thank you bye bye beyond the That's the end of another awesome edition of Beyond the INC. And once again, thank you to Tim for braving the Bakerloo line and the sub-zero temperatures of West London to come along tonight. And we promise you haven't heard the last of him on the podcast for the moment, if you follow, so to speak. Next time, assuming Andrew's voice is up to it, we might have a go at that Christmas single we teased a few weeks ago. Or, if that fails, we'll improvise something else that's just as awesome. We're always up for receiving your emails. We gave Tim a bunch of the very best to have a look at tonight, so you never know who might see your words. Our address is mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. But until next time, stay honest. And remember, respect your pianist.